All right, cheers to episode 43. Cheers. Ooh. Water. A vodka martini stirred. Should have been shaken, but I'm drinking water. <clears throat> Should have been shaken. I ran out of time. I didn't shake it. I didn't even want to drink, but one of our biggest fans in the world, Alex's dad, uh. wants us to drink because we're more fun. So I felt like I had to. Uh, today is Sunday, October 24th, 7.35 p.m., 2021, the year 2021, and we did it. We're here. The 7-0 matchup It was is within sights. Nobody fumbled the bag. Nobody kevin from the office chili gif and dropped the stew everywhere. We survived. How's it feel? First of all, nerve wracking. Yes, I think that's it's a good phrase. It's Sunday. I mean, it's rivalry week. It's nerve wracking. It's hate week, actually. You want? You guys want to get your hate out? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to keep that in there. Maybe I'll blur it. Yeah. I hate you guys. I, don't know. I hate everything about Michigan. I despise that program. I despise every single fan that roots for him. Yeah, you hate me. Yeah, despise yeah. you. Yeah, you guys stink. I don't, well, I don't think this is I, healthy. I don't, I don't think, think this is super healthy. This is definitely healthy. You gotta let it all fill through your chest, man. You yeah. hold it in. This is super serious. I'm not joking at all. It's hate week. You smell, actually, though. I'm like B.O. I smell fine. You have any hate in your heart from me? Yeah, but it's not Michigan related. I just don't like you as a oh, person. Well, that's too far. Let's not get personal now. <laughs> no. Okay. No, we just went on the field. Um, and brought our mouth after. All right. In all seriousness, no. Oh, well, Evan said nerve-wracking. How are you feeling about it, Alex? Tensions are high. Tensious. That's what he Tensions are high. Is tensious a word? Tensions? Tensious. I said tensious. You're tensious. I don't think that's a word. I would say so. Urban, Dictionary, Urban Dictionary said it's the adjective of the word tension, which is what I meant. You're tensious. You're wound up and you're texting because you're nervous. I'm, no, tensions are high. I'm not nervous. They're just high tensions. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I am not excited. I am not excited. <laughs> and that's on brand for you, Evan, because you didn't even want Michigan State ranked. Or you still don't. He was happy. I still don't. That's that Michigan's ranked higher. Now, he's happy about it. Outside of how you're feeling, we have some. We have an assignment to finish that we can do it by the end of the show. Unless you guys are can think fast on your feet. With a game this big, this is where the nerds come in and they stat check us or uh, fact check us. I believe this is the first top 10 matchup between the two since 1964. I've seen someone post about that, so I'm taking their word for it. Um, I won't ask the question of how big of them, but bottom line is the matchup's big. Okay, We'll get to if it's the biggest ever later. It's big. In games this big get names you know there's, there's certain games that are huge that get named and i think this one's big enough going into the game that it has to have a name going in and then the name can change after the game depending on what happens like the bush push um what was what's the michigan michigan state 2015 game actually called what do you what do state fans call that nothing it's not like punt six or 
Oh, it's called Trouble with the Snap. That's what that game's called. People call that the Trouble with the I Snap. Say, game. I would say Trouble with the Snap. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, kick six was Alabama Auburn. The game is Michigan, Ohio State, typically. I have an idea for this game already. I, do, I don't want you guys to just jump on it because it's so good and be like, yeah, let's just do that. I want you guys to think either now on the spot or you can say it to the end of the show, come up with a name for this game. My first thought, no idea is a bad idea, is this game is called Bloodshed in the Woodshed. It's pretty good. Aggressive. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's solid. It's going to be tough to beat. A little aggressive, like we're going to war um, and mass mass murder. But with the Woodshed, I wanted to play on the Woodshed, even though I think it's a joke of a stadium nickname. I wanted to incorporate that in the name for the game. I don't have one yet. Okay, that's so Alex is not <laughs> quick to think on his feet. I was thinking of some things, and they're just dumb. So I'll try to come up with one during the show. Okay. Anything from you about the gate? Off the gate? No, I don't think so. Okay. So until further notice, it's called Bloodshed in the Woodshed. But before we get into that game, we have the Lions that we just watched. We just wrapped it up because... Amazingly enough, they were a 405 game this week. America's game of the week, not nationally, but to us. Um, it was a game I was the most excited to watch for today. And it was the first one that I actually got to sit down and watch all of with no distractions. And boy, do I have some different takeaways about this team. They looked different. Based on what I saw today. Now, Alex is doing the classic Will Grant. They did. They're, look they're playing like this for you because they know your eyeballs are on them today. They don't normally look like this. The first thing that I'll, I'll, I'll lead off is a question for you guys. Do the Lions have the best special teams in the league? No. <laughs> no. Oh, guys. <laughs> they haven't returned a kick That's or a punt. So, no. But the conversions. It's hard to return punch when you don't stop anybody, Alex, though. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, sure. Do you want do you want the Lions to be the best at something? Yes. All right, they're the best special teams unit. They they objectively were today. Today, absolutely. Yes. Collectively in around the NFL, they were the best special teams today. Absolutely. Without checking that, it has to be true. What other team converted that many? Two no fake way. two fake punts and an onside kick. And I don't think they missed a field goal. They didn't. They never do. So maybe firing our special teams coach last year was the best move this organization's ever made, Evan. Mm, I would say say no. Okay, I'll pump the brakes on that as well. <laughs> Just wanted to see how far we could go. Um, outside of that, which do you guys? I mean, I think we'd all agree that we all liked it. Like, just throw the kitchen sink at them. It's a, it's a game. Probably, it felt like the, the biggest game of the season going into it. It probably will Super be. Bowl. Uh, well, obviously, if this team is on track to go zero seventeen, the game they like every game that's next will be the biggest game of the season because you don't want to go zero seventeen. But so far, assuming they do win other games, this was the Lions Super Bowl, like Alex said, because of the whole revenge factor. And because we suck. Were you rooting for the Lions, Evan? Um, <laughs> well, um, I was hoping for a good game. And I told myself when right before the kickoff, I said there's either two things that are going to happen. One, the Lions are going to get the ball and score on the first drive, which they did. Or we're not going to cross the 50-yard line until the second half. I always told myself, do not get excited because you know how this is going to end up. So, were you rooting for the Lions? Yeah, well, you just you just did coach speak. <laughs> yeah, you know, was I cheering for the Lions? I would say yes. I was cheering. For... So, no. Did you, I was. did you ever stand up off your couch when 
Stafford made an impressive throw. Is that like when he found Cup, were you like standing up like, yeah. I, I did not stand up for when Stafford made a good throw. I did stand up when we did the onside kick after we kicked the after we scored the touchdown though. Because more of a shot, a shell shock factor in that one. Um, but I was cheering for Stafford. Okay. So very in between. Um, if we're being honest, I was rooting for Van Jefferson because I started him in fantasy football. Witnessed it. It was bullshit. And he performed well. I also was rooting for Amon St. Brown who got zero points. And that was one of my points I had was throw the ball to Amon St. Brown more because he's talented. And they didn't really at all. I was rooting for the so, Lions the whole game start to finish. Never rooted for the Rams one time. So shout out me for being the only fan. Well, we know that if you owned, you know, Cooper Cobb, Robert Woods, or Tyler Higby, I think you'd be rooting a little bit differently. Potentially, but <laughs> that didn't happen today. So I was all in on the Lions. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I don't even have a catch. I don't even know if he had any targets. And the Lions offense really helps me out in other avenues. Any other big bullet points you guys had from this game that you want to get into? Um, there's a lot of fans going around saying that the Jared Goff is holding back the offense, and I would say um, Evan likes not you. really uh, because the entire offense is holding back the entire offense. Um, I like that. The standard is the like standard. One good athlete on the field, and that is uh, DeAndre Swift, and it showed today. Cliff Randall looked good. Um, he was one guy that actually could draw separation. I think that was just matchup situations. Um, but Goff did throw an interception in the red zone and Bad. a swift on a, what could have been a touchdown earlier in the game in like at the end of the third quarter. Hmm. Bad. Let's get into both those plays. Badness. So the swift one was devastating. I don't know how, what percent are you laying blame on each. I don't know who to blame because it just was a miscommunication. One person, Swift, stuttered his feet. I, I don't I don't. Who's I'm blaming Jared Goff. It's body both, right? I'm blaming Jared Goff. Uh, I'm, blaming, I'm blaming Goff because uh, I think Goff read it was a zone coverage, but if you see there's like a wide receiver on the outside and it drags like a defender with him. And I think when Swift broke through the line, he's reading it. He's reading man-to-man with the linebacker. So I think in Swift's eyes, he has an option on either sit if it's zone or go to the sideline if it's man. And I think he said, I'm beating that linebacker to the, to the pylon. Yeah. Throw it to me. He chopped. And that's what he did. And Goff threw it down like he was going to sit. He chopped his feet. And I don't know if he was chopping his feet because he trusted Goff to know he was doing that to fake the defender out or what. But I, the feet chop is what triggered Jared to think he was sitting and he was just going to take the completion there when it would have been a – I'm not going to say walking touchdown because there was a guy there that could have an angle on him, but it would have been a good chance. Of, at least the first time it probably would have been a touchdown. So that stunk. And then the play that I guess sealed the game was – Overall catastrophe. In the moment, I didn't really notice it until they came back from commercial break uh, and they had Mark Sanchez break down the route. First of all, I believe we had three tight ends in the game based on a tweet I saw that I forgot. Um, So I have some eyebrow raising on Anthony Lynn right there because I didn't enjoy the play call. That they, uh, again, it's like, is it the guys running the routes fault? But anytime you're running a double post like that with two tight ends who are slower guys, I mean, I, in a simple way, when I think about playing the football game Madden or NCAA football, I don't think I double post has worked in the history of that game, really. And it just, especially with two tight ends who are on the line of scrimmage, it's a lot of trust in them to get that much separation when you're in the red zone. The more I talk about how stupid that route concept was, and I should just cut to the chase, that you're trying to run like skinny posts that close to the red zone with two white tight ends. Like, wh- wh- where's the separation coming from? Race card. 
Oh, Alex, don't, it, it, don't be It's even <laughs> worse because uh, you know Jalen Ramsey's been covering Hawkinson all game. He was. And then down towards the red zone, you knew Ramsey was going to be on him. In, so the route's bad. Okay, so for the Jared Goff haters, please hold. The protection was bad. Uh, there was this guy in the Rams called Aaron Donald who's really good at rushing the passer, and he was barely blocked on that play. So that's bad. So again, Jared Goff haters, please hold. Now for the Jared Goff hate, he's trying to force it with a guy, with Aaron Donald in his face towards Jalen Ramsey. So basically two of the best players in the Rams are affecting the play, and you're choosing to go at that matchup, and you lose. So it was also a pretty great interception too. Like it wasn't – it was a wobbly duck because I think his arm did get hit. Or the ball got tipped or something. Like, it wasn't a clean throw, obviously. Aaron Donald's in his face. Um, so, it was all around gross. It was kind of a summary of the Lions game and the season, as we talked about several games with Alex, talking about how the red zone turnovers continue to pile up for this team. Two today. Two more today. Add them to the list. Oh, they turned it over on downs in the red zone. That's a turnover. I don't know how that counts into the, the metrics. It but should be a turnover. That's a turnover in my stats, in our national stats. And they should have kicked the field goal on that too, but that's another debate. Whatever. That was it, a different one. That was earlier in the game. Yeah, you want to backpack to that one? That one I did write down in all caps, moronic. So second and one. It was 16 17. I think it was early in the fourth or late in the third. It was in that stretch of the game. And they get down to a third and one. I hate the play goal to begin with. It was an A gap run with Swift. It gets stuffed. And then they do this like. Michigan football where they know how to hurry up and then run the same exact play. And guess what? It gets stuffed again. So there's two things wrong there. One, you could have kicked the field goal to go up 19-17. Cyber has not missed and you can take the lead. And at least uh, your defense is not playing bad at all. So there's a bright spot for later. Remind yourself, Aaron Glenn doing a solid job with no talent. Okay. So you try to go for it, and the go for it play was just copy and pasting your third and one attempt. I mean, how lazy is that? DeAndre Swift, like Evan said, is one of the best athletes on the field, and you're sticking him in a phone booth with Aaron Donald and Sebastian Joseph Day, who's barrels out, and he's just bullying people. So that was moronic. It was really stupid and bad play con, so I think I am um, mentally keeping track of what Anthony Lynn does from here on out. Any thoughts from you guys on that whole sequence or any other things in the game? Just sucked. <laughs> I mean, it's just a reflection no, of what's happening. I won't say that. It was a fun game. It was an entertaining no, game. No, I, I was It was a good product. I wasn't saying the game. I meant just that play sequence that you just broke. Yeah, the, the sequence was bad. I think you're trying to catch them off guard, but at some point, you just got to realize that their athletes are better than your athletes. And even if you do catch them off guard, like their athletes are just going to play football and make a play, and that's what they did. And they're a well-coached team, so it's hard to catch – True. Undisciplined discipline teams off guard like that. Um, game was all right. Decently exciting. The Lions scored some points for the first time in a while, felt like. And they still didn't even score 20, but, you know. The offense, you know, started off with a bang with a giant – with a screenplay to Swift, which maybe we should run that more. We did get Swift involved earlier in the game than past game, yeah. which was nice. A lot of targets. I still would like to see Swift take the first handoff of the game. Just I'm, not to make you, die, I'm not gonna die on that hill. Just to make you, you feel can. comfy, like you know what? I can yes, say I will die on that hill. So the nerds can't like push their glasses and say, well, technically Jamal Williams is the starter. He did run the ball better today. <laughs> Jamal did. <laughs> he did? 12 for 57, Swift was 13 for 48. 
Okay. Splitting hairs. Damn, Swift is a receiver at this point. Eight for 96 for Swift. Bobby Price did not know who that was going into this game. Well, when you look at the receiving box score, you realize that the only only receivers on the Lions are Khalif Raymond, Swift, and Hawkinson. And one of them plays receiver. Amon St. Brown. Well, he didn't even have a target. Say something nice about Jared Goff. I'll go first. Jared Goff fit a nice tight pass into Khalif Raymond that was a pickup of like 30 plus yards. That was a, I also thought it was picked in the moment. It was a tight window. Something nice. Something nice. Do you have anything nice to say about Jared Goff? He didn't fumble. No, he cup, he cup checked himself. Yeah, he held <laughs> on to a. He hit himself right in the groin. Near strip sack. Goff had a good first quarter. That's, that feels good to say. Um, true. Say something nice. He was 5 for 10 for like 99 yards and a touchdown. For 65 of them were on a four-yard throw. Well, hey, not with splitting hairs. I'm just saying he had a nice first quarter. Derek Goff stinks. Wait, Wait what, what were those stats again? I think it was like 5 for 10 worth like 99 yards and a touchdown. That's about 127.6 QBR, I'd say. Yep. <laughs> 63 was one play. Yeah, but that's good quarterback play. Get the ball to your athletes. Great job. Great job, Jared. Absolutely. Say something nice about the defense that also makes me feel better about myself. Egotistically, Julian Acora having a little mini breakout season here. Seems to be flying around the football, getting sacks, making um, pass breakups with not even looking at the football. I I feel like he looks like a pretty good athlete out there as an edge rusher. Yeah. We made a stop on fourth and one. That's a nice thing I'll say. That was cool. And Julian O'Quarra made the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Reeves-Maven Reeves is still the best tackler on this team. It's not even close. I do enjoy watching him play. He brings that special team's mentality to defense, and it's good to see. <laughs> um, another thing that kind of bit us in the butt, I told you guys, I told the country on this show last week, to stop the Rams is super-duper simple. Stop Cooper Cup. And they didn't. And honestly, I know Robert Woods is there. I know Van Jefferson's there. I know Tyler Higby's there. But the more I watch this Rams team, if you just double-team Cooper Cup every play, I think your chances of winning go up 20%. I think you let – I'm not saying that Cooper Cup is Michael Jordan and you let everyone else around him beat you, but it feels like it. It feels like you just dare Van Jefferson to beat you. You dare someone else to beat you. You dare check downs to Daryl Henderson to beat you. Why can't teams stop Cooper Cup, especially the Lions? I don't get it. Concepts. Sean McVay is pretty good at that. You know, getting people open, getting the playmakers open. I mean, you saw it on Thursday Night Football when Cup wasn't as open against Seattle. They just threw it 40 times to Robert Woods. I really don't think the Lions were going to win even if Cooper Cup was doubled. But – that being said, Cooper Cup is a phenomenal football player. Very good player. Always open. Don't know how he does it. I don't know. Tough to stop, though, with with Sean McVay at the helm. Evan, do you have anything else in the game? All I have is one more stupid point that I found out today. I do not have anything else on the game. My hands are the same size as Jared Goff's. Confirmed. Confirmed. Measured. Measured. Minor so, so we looked it up mid-game. How big are Jared Goff's hands for real? Reports out of Google where they're, they're nine inches. And somehow, surprisingly enough, Jared Goff is 6'4". I don't think he looks 6'4", but it says he's 6'4". And it says that nine inches is slightly below average hand size for a 6'4 man. So you could, it is factually correct to say baby hands, I think, in that sense, since they are below average. 
I'm pushing 6'3". I haven't measured myself in a while. So I would say nine inches, I'm, a, I'm right around average for that height. And Alex, who is hammering the baby hands golf movement, is a whopping 10 inches. Big hands. So and I pushing six foot. he's justified to say baby hands. And you know what they say about guys with big hands? Big feet. They need big keyboards and big gloves. Yep. Bad personality. Do they say that? <laughs> oh. That's that me. It's hate week. Oh. Yeah, but we're on the same side. Yeah, was, we are. Oh, I thought we were naming things people with big hands have. My bad. <laughs> that was super. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, the lie downs lie down. Uh, we'll see how they do next week. I didn't even put them in the teaser part or the preview part, but I think I do need to add them in. There'll be some excitement for that game, uh, as we found out this weekend, so we'll get to that. Uh, later in the show. Now, I would like to move to college football. Now, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, you missed the weekend recap. Before that, any we're not going to do the whole all the scores thing. It takes a while, and I don't know. There's a lot of blowouts today. I feel like, but uh, any around the NFL observations that you need to get out of your chest? I would like, like to get one. No, out no, 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 no. You stop it. I'm opening the floor to happen first. He's wearing the jersey. Ah, oh, man. Fighting up, baby. <laughs> I mean, it was a absolute beatdown. You know, I was expecting that type of beatdown to happen in LA. No, it happened in Nashville, Tennessee. The Kansas City Chiefs have died in Nashville on October 24th. It's officially over. Kiss their dreams goodbye. Dynasty's over. Super dramatic. Not an overreaction, too. Did the dynasty even begin? People are wondering, Alex, thoughts, crickets, thoughts. Uh, I think it was a bad game for the Kansas City Chiefs today. I think. They struggled mightily uh, in all three phases of the football game, and uh, they're uh, looking forward to next week, bouncing back. And I do not think the Kansas City Chiefs have died yet. I think they still have life. They're only three and four. They're, they're all right. They'll be fine. Mahomes did get double crunched. That was tough to watch. It was at the end of the game. It was already over with. No, like I'm saying for next week if he's out, you know. He already cleared concussion protocol and is expected to practice next week. Well, you are on top of your <clears throat> Wow. That is breaking, I think. Um, my only observations from what I saw today in the NFL is the Bengals are legit, I think. They're pretty good. Playoff team. And the Lions would beat the Jets. Maybe. Yeah. No, they won't. Lions would beat the Panthers. Oh. Lions would beat the Giants. Mm. Lions would beat the Texans. Lions would beat the Jags. No. Oh, come on, Evan. Urban? Davis Mills or Jared Goff? Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Sam Darnold or Jared Goff? Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Mike White or Jared Goff? <laughs> Jared Goff. He looked, Jared Goff. He looked good today. You guys should watch his highlights. Um, no, I will not. <laughs> Daniel Jones or Jared Goff? Daniel Jones. Jared Goff. All right. Jared Goff or Mike Glennon? Jared Goff. Now nah, I have a real one. <laughs> Taylor Heineke or Jared Goff? Taylor Heineke all day. Still? <laughs> still. 100% still. 
He's looked pretty bad. Justin Fields or Jared Goff? Justin Fields. Justin Fields, because I can say, oh, he's a rookie. Okay. In tonight's game coming up, Carson Wentz or Jared Goff? Carson Wentz. Probably Carson Wentz, to be honest. I'd take Jared Goff. But that's just because I've, I've said a lot of mean things about Carson Wentz over the years, and I can't backpedal this easily. <laughs> All right. Well, that was your quarterback check-in. Um, and Evans, second team destroyed Alex's second team. And for me, we'll find out my second team when the Lions are officially statistically eliminated, which somehow they are not yet because it's so early in the season. But that will be coming, and I have a lot of research to do. Last year, so my two backup teams have been the Seahawks and the Bills in the past. I don't think I'm allowed to repeat, so I think I have to go find a new team. I want Just a question. If the backup team does not reach the postseason, do we get to declare another team for the postseason? I mean, I, no. I think – well, no, you're not allowed to get off the Chiefs until they're statistically eliminated. And I don't no, know no, when they're statistically eliminated. Oh, shoot. It's a when, not an if. If. They are. Dang. <laughs> no, 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 I also make it. Well, it'd be pretty soft if you did because you already had a secondary team, so I don't know. Some of us like to ride or die with the Lions. I, I'm still riding. I've, I've been died. dying a lot. I've died. I've never really rid. Oh, I just realized, guys, we didn't do a weekend recap. I said that a few minutes ago. Um, basically, we all hung out with each other in East Lansing, Michigan, to celebrate a birthday weekend, and we went to a pumpkin patch. Um, cider mill, guys. Come on. Sorry. A cider mill. Uncle John's. I never got to meet Uncle John. Uh, <laughs> not sure if he, he roams the place. No, he did. He told us to drive down the grass. That was him. Um, nice picked guy. out some pumpkins. We went uh, bar review of East Lansing. I feel like there's a lot of East Lansing people that listen to the show. Grant's first time going to Dublin in a night scene setting. I've been there during COVID for dinner. Um, first of all, as of someone going there the first time, the like path to get to the dance floor in Dublin is pretty crazy. Like I don't think it's laid out very smart. I don't know. It just felt really weird that there's that big bar there and everyone's trying to order drinks while also slide through against the wall to get through the bathrooms. And then there's a bathroom line and then the dance floor. Whoever invented that setup is really stupid. Like think about when you walk into Rick's, the dance floor is right there to your left and the bar is right there in front of you and the bathrooms are in the back where they should be. So that one's a little weird, but I will say this, it made up for it because I like the dance floor setting. I don't know. I, I liked how the bar was like wrapped around right there. And then the music was really good. I think that's what I liked. It was good. You could actually, there was actually words to songs, uh, Chop Harpers for their, for their strong EDM at points. Now, um, you know, per Alex's request, we don't have to go into the nitty gritty details of, of the excitement of the night, but I will just say this. Let's crack down on fake IDs in East Lansing because we can't have 18 year old punks in twerps doing dumb in the bars. Okay. Someone's going to get hurt. Yep. That's not a threat. That's just, I've watched people That's get hurt. It's a promise. It's a promise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to cut down on that. It ruins ruins my night in more ways than Keep more. your hands to yourself. Don't touch other people's hats. Correct. Yeah. God, even just talking about not going to be fired up, like, it's so absurd to do. Anyways, uh, anything else that I missed from the weekends, guys, that was funny? Oh, I mean, we all, like, super hung over the next day. So, Whoa. I'm not sure if we're washed not or not, but... I, I didn't really feel that bad at all. Because you didn't drink. Right. Never half. Chop. <laughs> um, I think no, that, was pretty that's much, it. that was pretty much it. That's it. We saved ourselves for this weekend. 
But I say that even though <laughs> if probably, you guys wearing on Halloween, even though I'm probably not going. Whoa, dude! We can get through at the end. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so we did around the NFL. Now we're to Michigan versus Northwestern recap. Oh God! Snooze fest, McGee. Great, you take care of this one. I'm going to take a nap. Michigan won 33 to seven. Um, the first half it was a tale of two halves. It was a, this was a see if you guys agree with me here. This was a classic game that I would say if you just check the final box score, you'd be like, wow, that was just another blowout. But as a panicked Michigan fan, it felt closer than it was. Like, it felt grosser than it was. Obviously, they made plays in all facets of the game in the second half to blow it out. So they still had a great second half and more so just a third quarter. But I didn't come away from this game feeling more confident about next weekend, I guess is how I would summarize the game in a big picture landscape. Yeah, it was definitely closer because as someone that had a chance to win a substantial amount of coin, um, it was really disappointing. That Matt Fitzgerald is allergic to scoring points. Yeah, couldn't oh, score. I forgot that. that was devastating. Three more points. And no pride in Northwestern. Maybe program. Mitt Money would be talking about me this week, but I guess not because I didn't hit it because of Northwestern. But yeah, I wouldn't feel any more confident in Michigan based on that game if I was a Michigan fan. And Which, I'm not any more worried. In, in fact, maybe less worried after what I watched on Saturday. Evan, big picture thoughts from the game? You saw a decent amount of it. I did. Um, big picture thoughts. I would say I think you need to start running away from teams like this earlier. Obviously, Northwestern came out somewhat decent first play, a couple of drives. Like the actual first play, yeah. It was like their best <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was. The highlight. <laughs> well, besides their long touchdown run, the only reason they, they scored. True. Um, big picture put away. Michigan's front is solid on defense. Is their offensive line solid going forward? There's a lot of rushing stats, but is that just eye candy? And is there like front five actually? This could be a solid? hot take, Evan. I think Grant's pretty uh, pretty different stance in that department. I like the O line. Well, you love them. I do. So that could be uh, a point of discussion. For the preview. For the now, preview. troll Grant, though, also not feeling great about, you know, Michigan going into next week after this game because they kind of just had – they just won the biggest rivalry trophy they're going to be able to have a chance to lift this year with the George Jewett trophy. So you kind of get all your excitement out, you know, with that trophy. So not sure if you really can get up for the Paul Bunyan trophy after lifting the George Jewett trophy. Mm, no comment. <laughs> yeah. Not responding to trolls. Um, without being too R or X-rated, the J.J. McCarthy strip tease show continues. I wrote that from this game. Uh, talking about nice. how they just keep – Expect to hear that. They just keep teasing J.J. McCarthy, you know, like they give you a little taste here and there. He makes some ooh and ah throws. He extended a fourth down play that was like an NCAA football play. Got cold, called back for a holding, but still the fact that he made the play was super impressive. Um I guess another thing, I, I'm curious to see how other Michigan fans feel about it, if, if they could pull them. I feel as if I'm at the point where I can relate to Chicago Bears fans of like their past teams where just watching the defense is the most fun part of the game, which is not really how football like, wants to be. Uh, that's not how I enjoy football, but that's like I like seeing how Hutchinson and Hill and Josh Ross and all these guys are going to blow up the offense that they're facing as opposed to like, I almost get nervous 
and want to go to sleep when the offense takes the field. Which is not great. I've honestly gotten to the point, like as much as I joke about Big Ten football buffets, I'm starting to love them or like appreciate the craft of them. You know how in baseball, when it's like a pitcher's duel, I equate it to that when like Scherzer and Kershaw are going at it and it's like 0-0 in the eighth and everyone, like a lot of people hate it and those are weird sickos that enjoy it. I'm starting to become the sicko that likes 0-0 after the first quarter. And like, to be honest, when Michigan was backed up on the first drive, of the game on their like five and picked up a first down on third and six. I like fist pumped and said, yep, winning the field position battle. So then when we punt, inevitably, <laughs> they have longer to go. And then when they punt, we're at the 40 and that's when we strike. Like that's what I'm rooting for now in games. I'm, I'm fist pumping about field position wins. Is that crazy or what? Yes. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Um, as a Michigan State fan of the 2018-2019 team, you need <laughs> not have high expectations for the rest of the year if you're expecting a Big Ten buffet every single weekend. And you're going to be disappointed in a lot of games at the outcome of them. You're just not going to win all, all the games doing that. You can't <laughs> do that. It doesn't work. Why not I've us? watched it. It won't work. When Ohio State hangs 50 and you score 10, that's not enough. Clearly not enough. Um, if anyone wants Anyways, just <laughs> didn't mean to drop my prediction for that game, but. If anyone wants any just quick stats here. So, Caden McNamara, 20 of 27, 129 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. Heisman. Um, that may not. I don't, I'm not sure I've seen many games where he didn't actually throw a touchdown pass. But, again, continues a no turnover um, theme. So, that's good. Heisman. McCarthy was 3 of 5 for 34 yards. And then the bread and butter of the game, the two-headed combo of Corum and Haskins. Corum was 19 of 19 carries for 119, 6.3 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Haskins, 23 for 110, 4.8 per carry, two touchdowns. They pretty much just alternate, I feel like, week to week of who was the more impressive yards per carry and 12 yards. So kind of was able to put Northwestern in a, the metaphorical phone booth. And then receiving-wise, it was just a mix of everyone. I guess, if anything, Eric All having five catches is a little surprising because he usually doesn't get to that mark. But, oh, credit where credit's due. DJ Turner had one of the more impressive interceptions um, I've seen for this team. I would say it had to be second best on the year because Daxon Hills was still better. But it was a interesting, It was almost like a basketball-esque play where he broke it up and then tipped it over the guy to himself. And that, I believe DJ Turns is a true sophomore, so impressive and happy for him to make a play after he's had a lot of defensive pass interference calls so far this year. I think he started wearing gloves now. He used to just tape his fingers. So I think maybe that had a factor. And if I was a reporter, that's probably what I would ask him in the postgame. Um, that's all I have for Michigan Northwestern. Any closing thoughts on that before we go to more national college football? It's extremely underwhelming. You're not nervous. I didn't even say anything about Michigan State. I just said that game was extremely underwhelming from a non-biased college football reporter. Well, maybe if you appreciate field position battles more. You shouldn't be in field position battles with a quote from you, JV football team. Yeah, but thank goodness I don't have to spin zone because it ended up being a blowout score. Yeah, sure. Haskins the ball more. He's your best player on offense. Wow, so there's a little beef there between Evan and and now, so Haskins versus Corman. I'm just saying. Well, I don't really care. Have you flipped? I'll take Kenneth Walker. It's hate week. Making it about Michigan State. But it is hate week, so you're allowed to do that. Yep. I'm allowed to be as ignorant as I please. All right. So around the NCAA, um, you'll see it with our rankings, but we did have a wild upset. 
against Penn State. Evan called that. Uh, he said Penn State's frauds. He said James Franklin's a fraud. Um, and it was – we got – we it, they almost was like they listened to the show about could a college football game tie, and they wanted to do it. They just wanted to see how long they could go. And I really wanted to see 10th OT on the board because, like, having double digits OTs would look ridiculous. Um, but they didn't get there. There were some other scares. But this just leads me to this. The going to become a weekly installment here is our top 10 college football rankings. College football playoff rankings, still the one and only playoff rankings that exist until the committee releases theirs or anyone else steals this segment. But they are playoff rankings. Um, and I think we're going to see how each of us views these rankings differently this week. Um, Based on based on the numbers, because I'm doing something a little probably crazy here. So, do one of you want to start? I'll go first. All right, I love that enthusiasm, Evan. Lay it on us. All right, number one, Georgia. Number two, still Oklahoma. Three, Bama. Whoa, 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 whoa! You don't get to ask questions while he's reading. He gets to read his whole top ten. Well, I'm gonna get lost in the shuffle because I'm not gonna remember. But Oklahoma stays at two. Yeah, they won. Well, you wait till you see Grants. You're not worried about you're not worried about them almost losing to the worst Power Five team in the country. Uh, I am not. Nope. Okay. Buck is crowd there. I'm sorry. (laughs) Three. Um, Three takes. Three. (laughs) Four is Ohio State. Three is Bama. Four is Ohio State. Okay. Uh, Five Cincinnati. Six Michigan. Seven Michigan State. Asterisk. Ole Miss is at eight. Oregon is nine, and Wake Forest is ten. Ew. You just keep putting bad teams at number 10. Alex, you almost put them at 10 last week. Why are they a bad team? Because they gave up Great 56 point, six points to Army. Because they respect the troops. They gave them a fighting chance like everybody should. Overall, I don't really disagree too much. Ooh, remind me to use that. You're going to hate my number 10, so I'm pumped for it. Uh, my number one, you want me to go? Yeah, you should go. Is uh, Georgia. Number two, Alabama. Okay. Three, Ohio State. Okay. Four, Cincinnati. Five, Oklahoma. Six, Michigan State. Seven, Michigan. Eight, Ole Miss. Nine, Oregon. Ten. Ten. Anybody guesses? Texas A&M. Ten. I guess. I mean, what's their record? They lost one they game. They lost two times. Oh, jeez. You can't be in the top ten with two losses. Unless well, it's the when Georgia you beat Alabama. Alabama. If, you, if you lose to Georgia and Alabama, then you win. Who they lost to? They had a bad early season, a couple of early season losses. What did I say? They figured it out. All right, guys. Buckle up for these. Mine might be called the overreaction rankings. After you hear them. One, Georgia. No surprises. Two, Alabama, three, Ohio State, four, Oregon Ducks. Gross. Five, Cincinnati. They respected the troops by letting Navy crawl back into the game. Six, Michigan State. Oh, hedging. Hedging. (laughs) Seven, they won the bye week. Seven, Michigan. Eight, Oklahoma. Nine. Overreaction. Nine Ole Miss and ten Kentucky. Kentucky because you're obsessed with them. Kentucky because they're your backup team. They hung with Georgia and they had a bye week, so they didn't hurt themselves. They hung with Georgia. 
quote they did. on a t-shirt. We're a top 10 team because we hung yes. with Georgia. Yes. We scored a touchdown. Raise the like. banner. <laughs> they should make t-shirts. Number 10 Kentucky back hung with Georgia. The only thing I hate about your rankings is that you have Oregon at four and Oklahoma at eight. I think if you swap those, I could be good with it. Well, here's my thought process. No, I don't want to hear it. Or I want to give it to you because I know there's going to be little Jimmy on TikTok say, Oregon at four. They lost to Stanford. <laughs> well, they did. Guess what? They beat Ohio State. They objectively have the best win in the, the country. No. no. Texas A&M does. No, they don't. Texas A&M played no. Alabama at home. Oregon went to Ohio State without two of their best defensive players and beat Ohio State. Who is now? And they played at noon, and so their time it was nine a.m. And they beat them at nine a.m. They didn't even finish their scramble. So who would win, Alabama or Ohio State? Alabama, Ohio State. So we're split. So then we can take. All right, I guess you can keep that. And yes, did they lose to Stanford? Sure, but they still only have one loss. And I'll be honest, I still think UCLA is a solid football team this year. And then they went to the Rose Bowl and beat them in a tight game. I'm not going to knock them. People are like, oh, they barely beat UCLA. Yeah, UCLA is a good football team. That was an impressive win, because especially because they don't have their uh, best running back anymore. So they haven't done anything to really. Well, Stanford sucks. Okay. I mean, they're bad. They're three and. This team beat Colorado ten to seven. They won that game, Evan, and you said that you. Put I didn't know that. Wins. That helps my argument. So that's why. They have the best one in the country. And I didn't put Texas A&M at four, Evan. He has Oregon in the college football playoff, and they lost to a team that struggled with Vanderbilt. Okay. Lost to Arizona State. Here's lost where, to Washington State. Here's where we differ the most, Alex, is that you value who'd you lose to or who'd you almost lose to, and I value who can you beat. Who did you go to the horseshoe and beat? What do you mean? Texas A&M beat Alabama, if that's what we're still discussing. No, I'm not. Ta- I don't care about Texas saying them. They have two losses. They would. They can't. If Oregon had two losses, they wouldn't be four. I'm telling you that right now. They'd be out of my top ten. Who's your top four? One more time. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oregon. I have, I see no flaws with that. And then Cincinnati State at five. I want to drop them, but also for you Navy, for the people that are like, oh, they they was tight. They was not tight. They were up like 27 to 10, and they let Navy crawl back in the game, and they were respecting the troops. And then Michigan State jumped. They won the bye week. Michigan didn't look good against Northwestern. Oklahoma drops a lot because they struggled with Kansas. That would be the only overreaction than Ole Miss and Kentucky. On to the next segment. On to the next. The game. The bloodshed at the woodshed. Right now I have it as Michigan minus three and a half per FanDuel Sportsbook at Michigan State. Grant wanted to find the line that was a little less so he could feel better about himself. No. I did not do that. It opened at minus four. So are you saying that every show in the past we've done the opening lines? Because we have not. I know it for a fact. I go to this site, and I look at what the line is. What is it? We're way up here. Three and a half. All right. Three and a half. Which, based on what Evan explained to us last week about spreads, that is really a seven and a half. But because Michigan stays home, it gets bumped down three points. Michigan underdogs in my book, if we're in my sports book, if we're asking. Do you have a sports book? No. Grants Casino. Over under 51 and a half, which borders right on the Big Ten football buffet. So, we have a bunch of different ways to break this game down. I don't know where the best place is to start. Has anyone combed through these and said what, what makes the most sense? Should we get into logistics of the game? I think we should talk first about 
weather. Okay. Michigan fans love to cherry pick weather. So let's talk about the weather beforehand. Anyone know what the weather is going to be? Speaking of weather. Yes. <laughs> Cloudy, overcast in the morning with showers developing in the afternoon low. Well, the high of the day is to be 54. Um, not looking good for kickoff right around probably low 50s, high 40s. Winds coming out of the northwest, so it's chilly air. Wait, why is it chilly out of the northwest? Northern air? It's usually the, yeah. Southern air is warmer. Correct. Come on, Grant. What if it's blowing out of the northwest? Yeah, that's it's, it's like blowing from Canada, which is okay. usually cold. I see 10 to 15 mile per hour winds. Those don't scare me unless it gets up to 20. When it gets to 20, then I get a little nervous. So as it stands right now, wind should not be a factor, really. The sun, as Evan said, will not come up until 8.09, so we will be tailgating in the dark. <laughs> Start. Um, what time is the rain supposed to hit? Uh, not until later in the day. Uh, time, I can't not confirm that as of right now. Okay. Well, can we agree as a podcast that none of us will make an excuse that the weather caused the team to lose? Because I've seen Absolutely it. not. I've seen the monsoon game, which another name for a game by the way. Yeah. Uh, it was labeled Michigan State only won because it was a monsoon. Let me just remind everyone that both teams play in the same weather. Okay? That's just needs to be said. But Grant, you agree? Yeah. No weather excuses? I do have a what if. What is your what if? It's really extreme, but what if one of our teams had to go on a drive down seven and it just starts dumping and it's the last drive of the game? Proposal denied. Don't be down seven at that point in the game. Okay. What if it's middle of the game, it dumps for the drive, and then the rain goes away, and then it's perfect weather the rest of the day. And that team that was driving, f- ball falls out of their quarterback's hand, or they fumble. Proposal denied. Okay. Uh, if you guys won't, I will not. I will not. Weather will never be an excuse. Okay. Except for our flag football game. That really screwed us. Another question. What if <laughs> it's the end of the game? What if at any point in the game – a team's attempting a field goal and a massive gust of wind comes in and just blows it wide. Proposal denied. Oh, I thought that one had a chance. Yeah, so no weather excuses. Okay, weather's not a factor. Now I think we should move into uniforms. Okay, yeah, you guys take this one because I don't really care. Or no. Or well, you wrote it down, so you wanted to discuss no, it. No, these are Evans. Oh. Evan and I filled this puppy out. Evan, uniform prediction. Uniform prediction, Michigan State is going to come out in all black. New Nike Pro Combat uniforms. <laughs> not, why are you shaking your head? It's, it's not happening. Dude, it's not why, happening. Why are you shaking your head? Because it won't happen. Oh, but you think we're going to break out the uniforms that we wore five no, years ago? I haven't given my uniform prediction yet. Hmm. Well, let me just pull up the text, members, text message receipts. Do it. Is there something in there oh, that I'm saying black that. uniforms? You guys keep talking, I'll look. No, no, not that. Cody <laughs> sent a uh, picture of, of the green jersey we wore against Oregon several years ago and said, are we wearing these? And I said, I saw some smoke on Twitter about it. You never know. What day is this? One second. Uh, probably Thursday. No, no, no. Okay, I have a crazy text from September 16th from Evan Cadmus. We, I discussed black uniforms in the preseason. No, you shut your mouth. Let me read this text from September 16th. Okay. Everyone close their eyes. Do we actually have to? Yes. I would, but I'm reading. Picture this. 
It's Halloween night. I think he meant the day before Halloween. It's Halloween weekend. Yeah, correct. Oh, I've been on oh, this black uniform train for I'll a while. Shut your eyes. It's it's uh, Devil's Night Eve. You have been drinking all day, consuming football nonstop. Evan, Alex, close your eyes. I'm not actually going to close my eyes. Waiting on the 8 p.m. kickoff. Mm, that one hurts to read out loud. Mm, between, between Michigan and Michigan State. Gus Johnson is on the call. Accurate. Correct. And Mel Tucker leads the Spartans out in all black uniforms. Alex Gillen responds, if that occurs... I can't leave that in the show. <laughs> Yeah, you can't. You have to. No, you're you not have to. Not leave. You're talking. <laughs> I, 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 all right. All right. So Evan says all black. And what kind of helmets are we talking, Evan? We're talking all black. We're talking a bigger, but not slightly at that big. Uh, just a regular, the regular Spartan. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, logo. Sorry, Evan. Breaking news. That was from September 16th, 2020. That was almost. That was well over a year. That's insane. That was, that, yeah, because that was announced when the schedule got released. Because we thought COVID was going to cut the season, and we were all talking about, like, what? And then you're, like, already, like, guess what? All black. Flash 2020 season. Wow, that's crazy. If they were all black, yes. Um, So just a regular white Spartan head on the black helmet. No, green. green. With the white helmet. Green with a... Uh, um, I wouldn't say white. I would say like a metallic silver Ooh. outline, so it pops underneath the lights. But there are no. With it. <laughs> All right, uh, Michigan white, white, normal helmet. They might go blue. I don't know. Nah. They might go blue pants because it was. I hope they don't wear yellow pants because those are ugly. I don't think they will. I I, I wouldn't mind because I never worn yellow pants with white. Not under Harbaugh. I was gonna say that's not a good one. That was like that. That was the only uniform combo before Harbaugh, and then he brought. Well, I guess when Harbaugh played, they used to wear white, so he like revived that as like a tradition thing. But like Tom Brady, all those teams, and Devin Garner and Don Robinson, they all wore maze pants. But I don't really care. I, I'm cool either way. Uh, I think Michigan State will wear the, the all white. It's super dirty at Spartan Stadium, though. Like from past games, it's usually raining, and they just come out like basically covered in green by the end of the game. I think Michigan will wear their, you know, normal white, white. And then I think Michigan State will wear green helmet, green face mask, green jersey, green pants. So, you know. That's 2018 attire? 2016? They wore that one of the matchups. I thought it looked good. They've never worn a green face mask against Michigan. What? They've only worn a green face mask with their current green helmet one time in this last year against Ohio State. It's a new helmet. New. So it's not a new helmet, but it's a new color face mask. All right. So that covers some of that logistics. I would say the other logistics would be the game, game day, day show situation. Uh, there, were, there was some more news of it. Um, college game day. I, I think you owe us an apology because you basically, without saying you're going to go there, chose uh, Ohio State versus Penn State. Penn State fumbled that bag. So that happened. And then Barstool announced they are coming to East Lansing that day. So there's already Fox. Big new kickoff is on site. Saw the teaser today on TV. We're actually doing our show with the Barstool. Yeah, they asked well, us to no. join shows. Um, we'll be drinking and tailgating. Oh, um, and then Fox is there. Barstool is there. And 
Alex was telling me there's – oh, Evan, you sent us a tweet that there's smoke that game day is coming. That's so uh, any any thoughts about that? Um, I think there actually is a little bit of smoke with that because usually game day announces their location uh, Sunday afternoon, and they have not announced it yet. Um, it is weird. So I think they're trying to work out travel arrangements and locations. Um, they can't step on any toes because of the Fox here, then obviously – Game day can't be anywhere near where Fox is. So I think it actually is a good chance it's happening. Because then Kirk can just go down a quick private jet fly down to Columbus for the night game. You won't even have to be quick. A little PJ. Yeah. Uh, now, people may not care about this, but my brain, I have to ask. What, what logistically, where are these shows going to probably set up? Like, if there's three of them on campus, how is that going to all fit? I think Barstool will have to go to, like, a frat. I think... Fox will already be on Mun. Game day would probably be by the Beaumont Tower. Mun's like by the baseball field, right? No. What? Mun is, is right, right past Mun Field, to, right next to uh, the stadium. It's next, right it's next sandwiched to in between it's the Breslin and Mun Stadium. Is it next to the field hockey field? The soccer field? Yes. Yes. No. This, you pass like a field hockey. You pass like a, a field, field hockey. hockey. Yes. Field hockey, and then there's like a band practice field. It's also like a yes, soccer field. right by that. It's right next to it. It's a ginormous open grass lot. It's across from it or closer to Breslin that way. Do you know where we tailgated our first several years of college? How could I forget? The Breslin Center Park. <laughs> so not towards, uh, you know, leaving towards the expressway. The other direction, <laughs> towards Spartan Stadium. One lot over is Munfield. It is a giant so the old tailgate field. spot would have been like basically right where Big New Kickoff will be. It's like a walk over. It's nice. a lot over. And then what do you guys think with game day? They shove that in. Where they go? Beaumont Tower. That's where they've been once before. Is that the, where they did for Oregon? No, they didn't mind no. for that. They went to Beaumont Tower for the Ohio Ohio's State uh, Michigan State game in 2012. Also, like, a noon game. Just like in one of the like grass openings. Where all those sidewalks intersect around there? It's pretty clustered. Yeah, yeah, it is clustered over there. <laughs> okay, well, that's probably what they're trying to figure out. I so wonder how that. Around. Yeah, that is really weird. Uh, hmm. Barstool definitely going to be like a referat, like maybe a bar, Fiji. Huh? I mean, one one of the production sites they could go in on a demonstration field, an open grass lot right by yeah. uh, Iron West. That would make sense. I didn't think. I just don't know if like people have that reserved for like tailgating or not. Or they could just go on. No, they wouldn't let them do that. Um, I have a so I guess logistics are kind of covered now. Before we get into actual game talk, I'm curious what for for this rivalry. You know, we all have our our quirks and how we get through it. What what is your guys' like coping mechanisms to get you to to the game, you know, with all the anxiety and nervousness and hatred that will be out there this week. What, what are your guys' strategies to get through that in the best manner? I'm going to try to avoid Shot of Michigan Sports Twitter feed. I'm going to look at my own Twitter feed only uh, because I can't stand all the bickering between both parties, and we're a non-biased podcast, so we follow both parties. And then secondly, what I like to do is uh, – you know, just dive deep into fantasy football for the week, so I don't even think about it. Make sure my lineup is just superb for the week. Evan, how do you get through it? 
Uh, I'm completely opposite direction. I embrace the rivalry and I just bombard my entire life. It's all I consume. Um, I have a really good uh, tradition with myself. Any big matchup, I just go to YouTube and start watching every single past victory on YouTube and just watch it nonstop. I'll mix in some hype videos in there and just get my body so ready to think like I'm going to run through the tunnel and actually play it <laughs> I love it. You don't watch any defeats in case for the uh, Confirmed. I do not watch any defeats. See, my biggest question that I've been wrestling with is like, do I watch last year's highlights to prep myself for like if it goes bad? I don't know if I should do that. Yeah. I might just watch 2016 and 2018 and just be like, the woodshed gives me good memories. Like, that's a, that's a happy place. Like, things can be okay there. I don't know. I really don't know what to do. Um, I think to relax myself, I'm going to take a page out of Frank Garza playbook and do some deep breathing that he does with Luca. You know, that, that breathing they talked about. I think I'm going to get into that. I'm just going to start really – I'm going to be sitting crisscross like Kyler Murray in the end zone uh, on a rug in our living room and just breathing. You know, like, you know what? It's all right. None of that matters. Big picture stuff matters. Or maybe I'll just try to find – a hobby this week that keeps me away from it. I don't really know, but it's just a football game. It is. They're just kids. I'll just tell myself they're eight, they're basically 18 years old. They're younger than us now. Um, I'm not really allowed to get that mad at them, even though I know I will get mad at them. Yeah. Um, anything that you guys do post game? What do you guys do post game? If things go good and things or things go bad. If we win, I embrace every single ounce of social media and articles and videos Oh my god! Do you trash talk people? Are you a trash talker? Do you no, go after people? No, no. Unless they're they've been giving it to me during the week and just tell me how sweet they are. Maybe one listener of this podcast might get a few chirps from me. Wow! But we'll see. Overall, I don't. I tend not to just get on Twitter, and I don't. I don't like to bully people after we win. You don't fire up the burner accounts. No, I just like to embrace the win and and see all the the glory from the win. No burners. Um, I'm much of the same. I wouldn't say I attack anybody on social media. It's not who I am. But, Except, um, um, wait, pause. I will read them and I will laugh and I will probably send them to all of my friends. Like, look what this guy said. Um, but leaving the stadium, on the other hand, oh, no. do I say things out loud? Do I chirp people and hopefully somebody hears it and says something back? Absolutely. And that's uh, <laughs> it's just fun for me. I did I love that. have a minor run-in with a fan uh, when the uh, trouble with the snap game occurred. I was at the big house, and some mean words were said. But that's that's it. That's the only time I've ever been that disrespectful in a win. Um, in wins, I just go right to the like teams verified social media accounts to try to get that, you know, the live reactions, see all the celebration, like just soak it in. I don't really, I don't really fire off in group chats. I, I don't think like from my past, I don't say, ah, like suck it. Like I don't say stuff like that. I don't care. Um, in losses, it's kind of been a two pronged. If it's like, like an Ohio state games is more like, okay. In Ohio state games, it's more just like full on, depression where like I just (laughs) curl up in a blanket and don't and don't do anything that's depressing and Michigan State games I get more angry from past when they lose like I think my coping mechanism is I start scouting 
the hot seats in college football and the up and coming coaches. And I try to feel like who is going to be the new coach of this team next year. At least that's what I did last year. I got deep into like who was the hot, hot name to figure out who's going to coach the team. And then I just kind of vent to other Michigan fans in separate group chats about how like disgusting this program is and can't figure out this game and win it consistently. That's pretty much what I do. And then last year when I was with all you guys, just hit the bottle, you know, because that was like, what do I do? I am a lone wolf. You want to talk about Alan from The Hangover? I was a lone wolf. Live alone, die alone. Like, let's just start passing out orange juice and vodkas to people, including myself. Yeah, I'll probably hit the bottle hard after a loss. But it's Halloween this year, so it's going to be weird either way. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. No matter what. I'm a little nervous how it's going to go. Spooky season. <laughs> um. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Another big picture one I see. Would you rather have a heartbreaking or blowout loss? Evan? I'd rather have a blowout loss than a heartbreaking loss. I'll take the blowout. I'd go heartbreaking. They both suck. I've been through it. Uh, you get over it after a while, and I think it helps. Well, this year it's strategic because if you lose heartbreaking, there's a chance that you still can weasel your way into the playoff if you run the table. A blowout makes it harder. And also heartbreaking helps the whole argument of saying like, oh, well, we're not that much worse than, than you if you if you play good the rest of the season. Like it was, I'd like it was to flip game. my answer. I'll go heartbreaking. Wow. No. You make wow. great points. No. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Would you guys, because the, the trouble with the snap punt, every Michigan fan has to relive that every single year, multiple mm. times. Getting numb. And if you were but, in their shoes, you know how often I hear Grant talk about how Michigan blew Michigan State out in 2018 at the Big House. I mean, 19. all the time. 19, whatever. All the time. No, I got over. I was over that game. When I was I over the, the loss. State, I, I just lost like the entire thing. Would your guys' most devastating, like that you were really conscious for, Michigan Michigan State game, just be the field goal game that was 12-10? I don't really remember how I reacted to that. I'm trying to think of like when Michigan's won, was it wasn't like a dev, like nothing can top trouble with the snap at least you know knock on wood I don't know but I don't like, think that can be top no it'd be a hail mary type play you know a crazy flute play but that in, in when Michigan's won it hasn't been that bad I mean and I, don't, I guess the most tight one would have been that uh, would have been that field goal game yeah was, I mean I know I was disappointed but I was at Evans' house and we were young hoodlums so we probably just went and did. Young hoodlum things. GP. Uh, <laughs> I think I was more devastated after the we like the 2018 game. Because mm. Michigan came into Michigan State. That was a tight game until like the in the it was into the fourth quarter. So yeah. And I know Michigan State had zero offense that game, but we did score. Um, Philly special. Can we talk about uh, back to the. To, what was it, twelve ten game? Uh, we were having a debate in the car on the way to the cider mill, and Evan was thoroughly confident that Le'Veon Bell scored oh. that touchdown. And I would just like to say that uh, Evan was wrong, and I was seventy five percent correct because I could not name the player, but I knew it was a white tight end. And Evan legendary was, Paul Lang. What? Yes, Paul Lang from Ant Man. Isn't that the same name? Isn't that his name? Paul Lang sounds like a rivalry trophy in college football. Like, they play for the Paul Lang trophy. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'll take the close loss because then it will feel like we still have the whole season in front of us. And, uh, you know, I can't 
I don't have to go on Twitter and see how much better Michigan is. And that'd be there'd be a lot of fraud talk and all this other garbage. So I'll take the close loss. Thanks, Grant, for convincing. The F word will be out in force if one of these teams gets blown out. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it will. It'll be tossed around like nobody's business. It'll go out of style to be used so much. Yeah. Um maybe from the college game day crew. I want to hear I, I'm curious about your guys' answers for this. So it's a two-pronged one, again, courtesy of Evan. What are you most confident in your team going into this game? The team you root for? It's a tough one. It's a loaded question. Loaded potato. Loaded potato griller from Taco Bell. It it would be easy normally for me to just say, oh, I think Michigan State can stop the run. This year, I don't think that's a clear cut and dry answer. Whoa! Just based on what I've seen. That's a flip-flop from earlier in the year. You loved – you were so – Well, Wait, 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 wait. When we did our Q1 report, you said, I know Michigan State will stop the run this year. I didn't say they wouldn't. I just said I wouldn't say that's something I'm most confident about. Based on the score.com, they're 62nd in the country in rushing yards per game, about 121. I don't know. That's I'm most confident in Michigan State's athletes on the perimeter against Michigan's secondary. All right. My strength is Michigan State's wide receiver duo with uh, Reed and Naylor. Same thing. Same thing. Where does that weigh? Is that is that second best in the Big Ten now? It has to be yes. second best. It is second best and always has been second best from the beginning of the year. I did say it in the beginning of the year, and Grant laughed at me. Yeah, I have more faith in Penn State. Sue me. Um, most confident in for Michigan. Go with that. I wrote strength and weakness for both teams. You did both? He's a victory for both teams, Grant. So if you want my opinion, I can give it. All right. I'll do I'll do confident for both. Uh, it just feels weird saying that about MSU. I guess maybe I'll play it as like what I fear most about them. Um, Good spin. What I'm confident in about Michigan, I don't know which way to spin it. Oh. I just want to say – I just want to say the trenches. Like I feel good about the trenches for them. Like – in the sense that they're not going to get embarrassed on either side. So I, I, I That's feel not really a strength saying I'm confident they won't get embarrassed. Yeah, like it won't. It turn, feels like you're really trying to hedge. Like it won't turn into a weakness. I want something that's a strength, not something that won't turn into a weakness. I want something you're okay. confident in. Okay, defensive line pressure. I, they were going to get QB pressure on the quarterback. I know Thank that you. for a fact. Thank you for giving. Something. I feel good about that happening. Whether or not Michigan State moves the pocket and schemes around it, I don't know. I know there's going to be pressure put on Michigan State's offensive line in that game. Something I respect the most out of Michigan. Oh, wait. Yeah, have you done your Michigan State respect? No, I'll kick us off on the opposite side. So Michigan State, what I guess I fear the most is, I don't know if it's just recency bias. I've seen the Northwestern kid do it, but it's just Kenneth Walker breaking big chunk runs. Something about that Northwestern run made me – I was like, well, if that guy's doing that, Kenneth Walker can do that like twice in the game. I don't know. It just wasn't – it didn't make me feel good. Uh, something that I respect I, – I don't – full disclosure. I do not fear anything on Michigan State. Oh, don't hurt me. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that. Cut that up in case you need to show it on Sunday morning. Um, but what I respect is their defensive 
line and their defensive ends. I don't fear them. Evan? Um, I would say Michigan's strength is their running back duo with Corum and Haskins. Haskins is obviously the, clearly the better one. Um, <laughs> I, I respect those two guys out of everybody on Michigan. It's somebody that you have to account for. It's like, okay, if you guys, if those two have a good game, then it's not going to look good for Michigan State. I would have went that, but that felt too chalky. And it also puts a lot of pressure. I was, what I've noticed we've seen, especially in the Washington game, is like your second – secondary players and your middle linebackers have to be super sharp of like who's in at what time because that depends on how like your pursuit angles need to be or you know how low to, like a lot of times people just don't get low enough on Blake Corum you know you gotta make hey Blake Corum's in so when he busts the outside I need to take a wider angle than if I was chasing down Hassan Haskins so now we go to the weaknesses of the teams and how you would attack it if you were a coordinator or coach in this game who okay the weakness for me, from what I've seen of Michigan State, falls on their defensive side of the ball. I'll go there. I think the edges. The edges of the defense is what I would attack. There's no surprise there. I've talked about the whole phone booth thing, and, and you can, I'll answer that question. What will Grant do if Michigan wants to play in the phone booth? Well, I'll be hot on the coaching carousel market again. Like I said, I'll just be like, all right, what, what play caller is not going to try to run a gap three times in a row against this defense? Because that's all I'm trying to figure out. So... I've seen through Indiana, um, I saw like through Nebraska's kind of speed option attack, like the way to at least move the ball down the field is, on Michigan State is to have not just, like we said, remember when I made fun of Michigan for doing like 2007 spread option offense where it's just like the most boring basic bubble? Don't do bubble screens like that. Do motion, jet motion type deals. Um, run outside zones over and over and over again. That is, the I think, the weakness of the Michigan State defense. Put pressure on the people to flow and make tackles one-on-one. Get your tight ends involved in blocking. Pull your offensive linemen. Get on the edges. That's where, that's how Michigan would attack that weakness. Let's do, you guys do Michigan's weakness. How did you attack it? And then we'll have to go deep and tell our team's weakness. Uh, I would say a weakness for Michigan. This is partially based on my eyes, partially based on Michigan fans themselves, and then partially based on actual statistics. But uh, Michigan's um, linebacker and overall team speed on their defense, I think, could be considered a weakness. And so how um, I'd exploit it, I would like to get Michigan State going in a lot of crossers, you know, similar to what Ohio State does, running guys all the way across the field, exploiting the middle, Putting uh, Michigan's linebackers um, on, you know, uh, Michigan State's speedy receivers, Naylor and Reed, I think they could uh, cause quite a bit of mismatches. And that's what I'd like to see. So kind of similar to what Grant said Michigan State's weakness is, but a little different. Um, Michigan's weakness, I would say, is uh, the passing game overall collectively, not just Kate McNamara, but uh, the efficiency in the passing game. They're averaging less than 200 yards per game. Now a lot of games they didn't need the passing game, but now that you're getting into the thick of the Big Ten schedule, you're going to need that. And do you can they trust their quarterback to do it when it matters the most? Um, so, how, I mean, I would attack it and I would show up uh, early and often in man and then challenge uh, McNamara to hit the deep shot 
or to at least throw the ball in a tight window. Don't play the soft, uh, bend or break early, and go to it if you have to. Grant, a Michigan weakness. Michigan's biggest weakness will be their one-on-one solo coverage on the outside, similar to last year's game. Uh, That was the glaring weakness everyone saw. Uh, I do not think it'll be as bad as last year, which isn't saying much because last year was atrocious. But I do think um, how the likes of Vincent Gray, uh, Jamon Green, Daxton Hill, DJ Turner, how they fare in coverage, whether that be zone or man, but mainly man, like when they are one-on-one, how they do against Jane Reed and Jalen Naylor. And even Trey Mosley, you know, got to show him some love as well. Uh, I have a weakness for Michigan State. Uh, would be in the two games that they struggled in, uh, Nebraska and Indiana, the offensive line struggled to get a lot of push in the trenches. So I'd consider that a weakness, I guess. Um, and how to beat it, you know, you just kind of have to work with what you have. But you can hand it off to Kenneth Walker. I'd like to see outside zone, you know, try to get him out in space more. No, that's my plan for Michigan. Please do not steal that. <laughs> Michigan needs that. Needs what? To be able to run outside zone. Okay, well, Michigan State. You guys can't have that play. You're not allowed to use if that If they're play. struggling to get push early on in the game, they need to go outside no. and uh, try to run some outside zone. Maybe some counters. Who knows? Whoa. Let's get crazy. I have like a bunch of weaknesses I could go with here, but I went with that one because I know what Evan's going to say because he told me yesterday. So you're saying Michigan State has a bunch of weaknesses. You just said that out loud. No, that's not really what I meant. I meant Evan <coughs> mentioned something yesterday. I didn't know if he was going to talk about it. Maybe, um, okay, maybe so forgot. Michigan State's weakness, um, I would say I kind of did this off of what I wrote down for Michigan's strength is. And so I would say it's our overall Defensive scheme as a four-two-five. Um, you're lacking that third linebacker there, and if that's a tough uh, weakness to the, fix, what? Just the whole defensive scheme is a tough thing to fix in a week. I mean, yeah, we got manhandled against a, dime, a primary run defense uh, offense against Iowa last year. That's because you don't have that extra guy well, this down in the boundary. Now you're putting more emphasis on the either the nickel <laughs> safety. Or the strong safety come down to make a tackle on either the big time running back, or you have to chip, or he has to take on a block with the tight end or offensive lineman and make the tackle. So this is a. It's like it, it's the weakness is the alley runs. It's not really the outside zones, but it's you get outside the box. It's who's covering the alleys. Uh, it, now it's not a linebacker; it's a drop down safety. So you're saying and which you're putting, safety is gonna... the one on one tackles in space is not really a weakness, but it can it could show up in this game. But so in order to like clog the box, I guess in this scheme, unless you change it a little bit and do different personnel, you basically have to walk down two safeties or two. It, it's you're you're gonna see Snow has been doing a good job of this against inferior opponents. Snow has been down in the box. Xavier Henderson has been down in the box. But those guys aren't linebackers. They're not bigger bodies. Can they tackle? Yes. I trust Xavier Henderson to make any tackle on the field. But if you're also adding a lot for your safety. That's always that's also responsible for pass coverage number one. They actually have moved Henderson into like a linebacker role where he comes up quite a bit. So I think 
he'll be he'll be ready for that task. I understand that, but if you're on a defensive call now, it's snow. It's somebody else. I trust Gross a little bit. Gross hits um, hard, but it's still a weakness. For now we are filling the alleys with a safety and not a linebacker that's already there. Oh God, Jim's going to try to put Michigan State in a phone booth based on that analysis. I'm already nervous. <laughs> I don't like that. Oh, go watch the Iowa film from last year. That's what Iowa just ran. They have a zone blocking scheme. It's different than Michigan's, where they just ran off guard, off tackle. Um, I guess it's kind of we touched on it a little bit, but I like to hear the keys to the game um, of each team, like offense and defense. The key, the key to the game, main thing that you've honed in on. Evan, you need to go first because you gave me your massive key to the game. And I will steal it if you don't say it. Um, I got two keys for Michigan State offense, one key for Michigan State defense. Um, yeah, so, okay, for offensive first for Michigan State, one is move the pocket. Um, there's a definitely an advantage there with Michigan State's quarterbacks and more athletic than Michigan's quarterback. Move the pocket. Don't let just stand back there and be alpha dogs and think that well, we can just block Michigan man on man. No, move the pocket and get the easy rollouts. And number two was get Kenneth Walker involved in the passing game. Right now, I think it's too predictable. Michigan State's offense, when he's out there, okay, it's going to be primarily a run or it's going to be a pass to the wide receiver. But if he's out there, you got to get him involved. He only has like four catches on the year. Um, and now when you bring like a third down back, they know it's going to be a pass. So I like to see Kenneth Walker more involved in the offense. They've been saving the playbook. They've been they've been holding back. I hope so. Spin zone, we've been saving it. Do you want to do your defensive or do you want to save that one and loop back through? Up to you, man. You tell me when. Hit us with it. Hit it. Hit me. Okay, so I said I said I touched on it a little bit early, but man up now on defense. Okay, get home with your blitzes, but man up on defense. Finally, I'm such an idiot, Evan. I thought you meant just like be tough. Man up, (laughs) just be a man. You mean like coverage? Coverage wise, man up a little bit more aggressive. I think Ryan Williams has played well the last couple games. I trust him a little bit more on Michigan's number wide receiver, number one wide receiver, whoever that is. but Whoa, easy, Braylon Edwards. Grant, <laughs> you want to go? Who is your number one? Is it Cornelius. tight end? I'm not scared oh, at all. It's Cornelius Johnson would be the, the, the yeah. number one Grant, option. let's sprinkle Michigan in the middle of this. Give us your keys. Let's not sprinkle them. Let's like give them their due. Okay. Tell me why they're going to lose. Keys to the game for Michigan is, uh, kind of like Evan said, two-pronged on offense. I can really only think of one on defense. Um Offense is red zone offense. Someone just fart. No, like this eye home is kind of like sometimes. So ripped it. Michigan is red zone offense. Uh, we've seen a lot of, even honestly, for both these schools, it's been a big bend, don't break mentality for these defenses. You saw it, again, could be recency bias, but I just see the Indiana game and how it went for them. Indiana moved the ball pretty swimmingly down through the 20s uh, on several drives and then kept stalling out in the red zone. So, Michigan has to, has to, has to get seven points when they get down there. And then a way I think they're going to be able to do that easier, this is the second offensive key for me, is the trenches on offense. If Michigan can get one of their running backs over 100 yards and get the other one on the way to 100 yards and can get around 200 rushing yards as a team, I think they'll have a very good chance of winning the football game and will likely do so. Because uh, I don't, I haven't seen enough to really feel comfortable relying on the passing game to carry a team through the game. Uh, and so, like, oh, if you try to say Nebraska, Nebraska, what worked for them is they stuck to the run 
and they continued to run the ball, even though they were down at points. And that is what kept them in the game. So being able to move the, move the line, run the ball with Corm and Haskins using them, and then finishing those drives in the red zone will be the keys of the game on offense. On defense, while I said the weakness was the secondary, I'm not going to say the key to them is to step up. The key is for the defensive line to get enough pressure to make up for any lapses they have. So I would just say overall pressure on Michigan State, it's basically the key can be summed down to just the trenches on offense and defense. This, if you can get push against Michigan State's offensive line on uh, whether it be passing plays or doing enough, like I know Kenneth Walker is, is likely going to get his, and by get his, I mean like wouldn't be surprised if he gets through around 100 yards. Like that's going to happen. He's a great player. You just got to do enough where you're not – he's not getting massive chunk plays uh, and just flipping the field in one run. And I need a couple sacks. I already see a strip sack happening. I need it. Michigan State's keys. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I would like to see Michigan State uh, clean up tackling. Can't have a bunch of missed tackles. You need to wrap up good form, bring them to the ground. Uh, Haskins and Corum break a lot of tackles. So tackling, you know, it's football. It's a big key. And then other defensive key, I would love to see Michigan State dial up pressure. I'd like to see them really get after Cade. And like Evan said, uh, put corners on an island and just, you know, see if Cade can beat you. But I'd, I'd assume that if Michigan State puts a bunch of pressure on Cade, he could get flustered early and that could that could lead you the rest of the game. Offensively, my one key, more so I just want to see this because I haven't seen it this year, is um, getting a tight end involved in the offense helps open a lot of things up. And I know Tyler Hunt is not some flashy tight end, and Connor Hayward is like a H-back tight end, but I think you need to get those players involved. It opens up your entire offense, and it allows you to uh, also throw to your good skill players and uh, read Naylor. And I do agree with Evan. Uh, passing the ball to Kenneth Walker could, could be a big X factor as well. But that's those are my keys. It was a surprising offensive key, I'd say. I wasn't expecting that. Got to go outside of the box. You guys all went first. Another thing to watch, a big theme of last year's game was Michigan putting themselves in terrible positions on third downs, uh, third and longs. As I look at the stats between the two teams this year, assuming they're updated from the score, Michigan is 46.5% on third down percentage, 34th in the country. Michigan State right now is 36.9%, 122nd in the country. So if those get closer to the middle, uh, I think – That'll make it obviously a tighter game. And I just know like as fans, like every third down is going to feel like the biggest play in the game. So just mentally keep track of how each team is doing on third down uh, in that game. Because it's going to be devastating when your defense has a chance to get off the field and you don't. And then the drive keeps going. You're like, oh, geez. Other main key for both teams, uh, win the turnover battle. Score more points. Win the turnover battle. It's always important. You guys see okay, how many turnovers, turnovers you guys see in this game? Two. Mm, one per team. I see one per team. I agree. So I said. Um, the last written down question. Now people might have more than they thought of. Which QB gives Michigan the best chance to win this football game? What the? Um, both. <laughs> Bad answer. <laughs> Sprinkle them both. Um. 
to win this football game, to win this specific football game, to win this football game, the best chance. Answer the question. God, dude. If Michigan can't run the ball or struggle to do their normal run production, I think the obvious answer here is J.J. McCarthy. I'm going to say Cade McNamara is the best chance going into this football game solely because I don't know what – in my brain, in my gut, I feel like Michigan will – I'm not going to like run Michigan State's doors off, but I do think they're going to be able to have enough success running the football where they can keep the offense balanced and not have to rely on the pass. Obviously, this is going into the game. If we get to halftime and Michigan is, let's say, losing 10 to nothing, totally fine with rolling with J.J. McCarthy to start the second half and get a spark on the offense. If you were asking me who gives Michigan the best chance to beat Ohio State right now, the games on Saturday, it's J.J. McCarthy just because you need a ceiling play. I still think Michigan's ceiling's higher with J.J. McCarthy, but there's something about when you go to Michigan State, you want to minimize damage control and not beat yourself, especially at this point, and I think Cage is the best option right now to do that. Evan? I don't feel great about it, though. Uh, I would have to say Cade McNamara. Roger that. Alex? I'll go JJ. To win this game. Yep. I don't think Cade is good. (laughs) That's not a hot take. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Maybe it's hot to you. No, I think he's average. I think he's an average quarterback. Vanilla. He's vanilla ice cream. I'd take Jake Rudock over him. Is that extreme? Wouldn't you? I think they're like the same. I, I don't know. I would. They feel the same. I, I'm not. I'm they not. Definitely feel the same. They feel people. I think Jake Rurock had a really good second half, and his Florida stats in the bowl game will probably skew it. But I don't like throughout that season. It feels pretty similar of a quarterback. Mm. Honestly, all Michigan quarterbacks essentially feel the same outside of Joe Milton, Shea Patterson, or Cade McNamara. I'll take Shea Patterson. I guess I'd have to go Shea because he actually did it. Like, he won this game twice. So, I'd have to take Shea. Uh, so, yeah, I would take Shea. Evan? No, I'd take Shea better. But I don't know. I mean. Cade or Denard? If, like, now let's throw the extreme. The craziest is, like, what am I expecting? If Cade just has 55% completion percentage for 225 yards and a touchdown or two touchdowns and no picks, that's a fantastic performance for me. Like, that's fine. That's Cater Denard, and then we'll move on. But that stat line, I think it's almost too much for him. I don't think he can do that. Yeah, true. That might be asking too much. That's why I'm asking. He can do two touchdowns. Cade or Denard? He can do two touchdowns with 55 passing yards, yes. Yeah. Cade or Denard? Yeah. Uh, Cade. In this game. Because if it was if it was Denard... Throwing that ball all over the rock. Yeah, it'd be too too dangerous. I don't know. Evan? Uh, I would take Cade. You know my opinion about Denard. This offensive line probably would help Denard quite a bit, though. I feel like he'd run pretty well behind them, but no. I mean, you guys beat Nebraska. I don't know. It's be a similar type of offense. I feel like you'd have to run if you had JJ Denard's or Peyton Thorne? So far through the season, Peyton Thorne. College career, TBD. I don't know. I don't know. Painful. College career. It's going to be painful. Confident. I like Tate that. week. Um, Do we move into the predictions? In predictions the and must win. And anyone else think of any last minute ones? I feel like we covered the majority of the game there. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, my next question is who's going to win the game? Who's going to win the football game? Um, so I have Michigan State in my casino as uh, minus two and a half. So keep that in mind with any predictions here. Um, Grant does not own a casino for anyone who thought he was serious. Correct. In Grant's mind, it's Michigan State minus two and a half. I will say that, well, first of all, I'm very curious about the must-win meter because it's going to be weird this week. We have to do a big logo of Michigan versus Michigan State, and in the bottom is going to be big Michigan State versus Michigan. It's basically it's the same game, but SB for each team. This is a must-win for Michigan football. Uh, anyone that thinks that's dramatic did not watch last year's game. I don't feel icky at all saying that. If if they had lost, if Michigan had lost a game, the only reason this is not a fire someone upon loss is because they are undefeated to this game. If, if Michigan had lost... Seems like a loser mentality. No, because... Because if they lose this game, there's still the chance of going to where you need to go, right? I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like. I'll promise you this: if they make the Big Ten championship game, but they lost to Michigan State, I'm not gonna throw a pity party. Like, oh, but we lost to Michigan State. I don't give. A okay, you got to the Big Ten championship game. I really don't care. F word. Yep, I used it because I'm serious about it. All right, I agree with you. So it's a must win. It is a very important game. You have to win it because three and three under Harbaugh. Need to be four and three. You need to be on the right end of that record. And you got embarrassed last year. And you're still trying. You beat Northern Illinois. You're still avenging the ghost of Rocky Lombardi. Rocky Lombardi is thankfully not playing. Is, he's buried underground, but his hand's still right there. It's peeking through. You just gotta poke that hand back down by winning this game, and I can forget all about it. So it's a must-win. And ooh, ooh, ooh. I will go 27-24 Michigan. You have to give your must-win for Michigan State, too, for the graphic purposes. For Michigan State. For Michigan State. It's a must-win. You can't you can't derail the momentum you've built under Mel Tucker. I think it's a must-win. Evan, to you. Um, this series is 10-10 in the last 20 years. Um, there's been like six ranked matchups over the last 20 years. Are you about to say what I think you're about to say? What? No, you can't because Auburn and Alabama. But I thought Michigan's about to say, like, won the last two. No, I thought, you about to, <laughs> stadium. I thought you were about to say this is the greatest rivalry in college football. I mean, well. Well? It's more competitive than the one that you think is the greatest. Is it, is it, top, is it top three? No. Continue. I mean, Auburn, Alabama. I mean, Army Navy is number one. It's not even close to anybody else. So. Army Navy, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Michigan State. The, the problem is, Grant, that these teams are not always playing on the national stage. No, that, I know, but like objectively, oh, yeah, I would take Jared Goff over Carson Wentz. I'm saying objectively speaking, like if you if you took the names off the teams, I think you look at this as this should be a top five, top three. I didn't say what I said initially. I don't know. Would have to do more research. Not willing to say that. All right, Evan. Wait on us. Um, this is the biggest rivalry game in this series in history. Um, Agreed. Matters the most. I'm glad we answered that. Out of any game, this game has mattered the most. Both mm-hmm. teams are undefeated. The loser has a tough hill to climb as they don't control their own destiny, but the other team controls their own destiny not only to the Big Ten Championship, but to the college football playoff. Oh, my God. Even just mentioning that is blasphemy. But continue. What? Why? It, it, it would be. I mean, we got people excited for this. I game. think he just saw Carson Wentz's interception. Uh, I don't think so. Um, 
Well, he's probably playing. It, it would be the most signature win of the year from anybody, I believe. Um, situations and team versus team aspect. Um, noon game. I don't know who it helps. Um, Michigan. I'll take. answer that question. I feel like it helps Michigan. Don't think it makes a difference. I think it does. It will make a difference eventually at some point. Because, like, we all know, we can be honest, unless the ticket situation is, like, 60-40, if this was a night game, Michigan's going to have, like, at least three false starts on their first possession. It's going to be deafening in that stadium. It still will be loud at noon, but it's not going to be nighttime loud. I think it helps Michigan in the start of the game, 100%. Must win, Meter Ryan. Must win is a must win. It's a robbery. Uh, we don't care about the team down the road. It is a must win. If you want to control the state, you got to beat the other team in the state. Must win for Michigan. Both must win. Yes, both must win. I mean, Jim Harbaugh can't go below 500 against your rival. Um, I'm not making excuses for the other losses. So, um, yeah, must win for them as well. Score prediction. And the prediction. Score prediction. I have. Oh, mm, mm, mm. I love when they have eights on it. <laughs> mm. I have Michigan State, Michigan mm. State thirty-one, Michigan twenty-three. Mm. That's so close to what I'm going to say. Mm. But flip should have went before me. Sorry, Michigan mm. State must win. Michigan must win. Must win. You'd be the closest to fifty-fifty guy if I had to pick one. No, I hate Michigan. You always should win. It's always a must win. You always should win. So in 2019, they should have won all those. Like you were like devilishly disappointed. Yes. Anytime you lose to Michigan, it's a disappointment. Well, you've told me off this podcast. I hate to air it out that you like weren't expecting good things in 2019 games. So you didn't even really care. I could have another stat for you, Alex. Eleven of the last 20 games have been decided by one possession. Oh my god. Well, not this one. Michigan State wins 31-21. There it is, folks. We'll see you on the graphics. Must win either. You said must win for both of them. Double must win. Honestly, close. You can put me, for the sake of this podcast and the sake of, you know, fans getting mad, fire upon someone upon loss if you're Michigan. Really? Yeah. It'd be that bad. Yep. Feels extreme, and I, I, I'm I love to go to fire upon loss. No one loves that column more than I'm not ever. saying fire upon fire gym. We gotta fire some. If it's bad play going, gas pack of bags. Um, are you guys gonna throw the fraud word out with any of those scores to the other program? No. Let's get ahead of that. Are you no. going to just call the other school a fraud? No. I will not color the other school a fraud. Not the school. Colin, the, the school would be a fraud if Michigan lost 33-7 to in Northwestern. Then their team's a fraud. So we agree, no matter who loses, the other team is not fraudulent yet. No, I won't make that. Regardless of the result. Depends on the score. All right, so you might be dropping F-words. For both? Yeah. And for, not the word. For both ways. If, let's say... Friends. Let's say... Um, if Michigan does what they did to Washington, to Michigan State, Michigan State's a fraud. And if Michigan State wins by two points. one possession game in the fourth quarter. If Michigan State wins by two touchdowns or more, Michigan's a fraud. How many points? Michigan State turns Michigan into the Miami game. What are you saying? They score three touchdowns late to blow them out. Fraud, because you laid down and died. 
and Miami didn't look good. It's also eye test feel. Like that's why with the Michigan Washington game, like it was like they're just bullying Washington, and I know Washington can't score the football, so they're frauds. So it's gonna it's gonna be eye test. All about the eye test. It's so there is strong potential for fraud. I don't think so. I think it's gonna be a field goal or less game. Like I think it's gonna be super. Yeah, high. It's gonna be a one possession game. Yeah. Put onto um, your butt cheeks because is. strap in. Hope you drink a little bit because your nerves will not be able to take the outcome. It of this. isn't. It's gonna be ten points one way or the other. This is the biggest game that we have all collectively have attended in our lives. This is the biggest game. Grand this game. Sure is, this game means more. To Michigan State right now than the Michigan State Big Ten Championship game against Iowa that we attended, Alex. Whoa. This game means more. No, that's a, I'm not going. <laughs> this game means more. And that's 100%. That's how I feel. This game means more than that game. I'm not going to that level. I, I am. Winning the Big Ten. And, and it's, not even, it's not even close. Whoa. <laughs> I cannot get in that boat with you. I'm sorry. I, I am hopping in that boat. Yes, you don't. Okay, so you look back at the other one. Okay, we played four versus five matchup. Yes, we got to go to the playoff. Got shellacked. We won the Big Ten. Raise up. We won the Big Ten. Lift a trophy. Okay. It's a big deal. This is. I understand it's a big deal. I will turn around and got to go to the Rose Bowl. This game, you're facing your arch rival, the team that you absolutely don't respect. Quote. Uh, um, Wrong. (laughs) I said I sort of respect them. The fans on Twitter for Michigan get under your skin and you hate everything about them. You can't stand their bad takes and their excuses for the program every time they lose. It's that's this game means more than that game. I I'm sorry, I, I just can't because winning the Big Ten is what we watch all these games for. I understand, but this game has a chance for us to win the Big Ten right now. Ah, the loser really? of this game will not make the playoff and will not win the Big Ten. Oh, I think that's an nope. extreme guarantee. That is that is a hundred percent guarantee. The loser of this game will not be in Indianapolis. I can tell you right now that both Michigan teams are not beating Ohio State. Whichever team does, if either do, that team is winning the Big Ten and going to the College Football Playoff. They could easily lose this game too, and then just win that game and then still make it. Could still happen. So I think that's a harsh guarantee. I like it though. I like harsh guarantees. This is also making me nervous. A little pro transition here. Like how big this is. I'm worried about everyone's mental state. I'm just going to say, I'm really worried. On our about- drive to Ford Field on Sunday, <laughs> the 31st. I'm really worried about Evan's mental state in Michigan State loses. Um, so the, well, yeah, and for that night too, you know. Just like that whole afternoon. Day. So we're driving the boys, us, us and a guest appear, Luke, on the pod. We'll be heading to Ford Field for. Detroit versus the Eagles. We will be in attendance to will the Lions to their first one of the season. So they do not go 0-17. Um, I don't know the spread on that game. I'll try to find it. Uh, will we all agree this feels like probably their best chance to win this year? One of them I has. agree. I think it 100% is their best chance to win. And the spread would indicate <coughs> they're only three and a half point dogs at home. So basically six and a half according to Evan's metrics. Sure. DraftKings has two and a half. Not a sponsor. Okay, so even closer on DraftKings. So Grant shop, is a fan. Shop the line, folks. Shop the line. Um, I don't have any preview for it. I just think, like like I said, if you're a Lions fan and you'd like to see them win, 
I know I said you should prioritize your family, but it's Halloween. It's not a family holiday. You should probably dial in the Lions because it's probably going to be their best. No, not stop saying probably, Grant. It will be their best chance to win this year. Going into the game. Prediction must win there. Well, you already know it's a must win because it's your best chance. If you lose this game, you're going 0-17. Print the t-shirts. Get get the get the buzz in the locker room going. You need to win this game. It's a must win, like I said. And to win this game against an Eagles team, you are going to have to win 28-25 to 25 Lions. Maybe fire the ball boy upon loss. A real must win. Really? I can move my head a little bit more towards that. This is is a game you got to win. Wait, towards fire or 50-50? Towards fire. Oh, whoa. Wow. Not any of the actual coaches, but just like, you know. I was going to say something. You can't can't say that. I can't bash the organization. Anyways, um, I think it's so. It's a definitely must win. Kick Chris Spielman out of the ring of honor. No. On loss. Stream. Win the game. I think the Lions do win the football game. Really? And I think they win it easily. No way. Those sentences, those words in that sentence do not exist. Easily Lions win. Never. Not this year. 24. No. 28-17. Heaven. You might need to zag here. I am strong. We can't all have them winning in a must win. <laughs> well, we could. It's a the must Eagles win. are not very good. They're bad. They're terrible. Miles Sanders is also done. They didn't give him the ball anyways, though. Um, expecting a loss because it's a Lions. Oh. I hope they do win. <laughs> expecting a loss, but Loki think they could win. Like that. Um... Chris Spielman might dress up and just play because of how bad we are. Um, but I'm going to say Lions 25, Eagles 24. We win on finally on a game-winning field goal. We turn the tide. So, Evan, you're expecting a win but wouldn't be surprised if you lost based on that um, prediction. I wouldn't be surprised with a loss because I kind of want to lose for the first pick, so we have Thibodeau. No, we still got that wrapped up. <laughs> no, not really, because if we win, then we're tied with, like, four other teams, so. Yeah, but we won't win another game. Dang, I'm looking at the Eagles' schedule. This could be a get-right game for them, because they haven't played that bad of teams. Yeah, we might be in trouble. It's okay. Like, they've kept Tampa within field goal, or within six points. Yeah, I don't know. We'll they see. lost to San Fran by six. We'll see. We'll beat them. Um, I did do this a little two minute drill. I'll set the timer. Um, blabber about anything you want to get off your chest about Pistons and Red Wings starting now. Cade Cunningham needs to play sooner than later. Pistons are an offensive vomit fest. They're not enjoyable to watch right now. Red Wings, however, are enjoyable to watch right now. They are fast. They're younger. They're playing with energy. Did we lose to like five to one to one of the worst teams in hockey? Yes. But the defense is always a work in progress. Goalies are in work in progress. But this team is actually enjoyable to watch. And they have the young stars you wanted on the Pistons. Cade will get there. They have those young stars on the Red Wings. As I'm looking at this, the Red Wings are winning six to three right now. And Lucas Raymond has a hat trick. So. Nice. That's pretty sweet. 
A hat trick. Three goals, Evan, on three shots on goal and one assist. He has four points himself. Evan might do something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Against the Blackhawks, the rival Blackhawks. Um, yeah, the Pistons the, will not make the postseason. I'm not willing to go there yet. They don't have their best player. I'm willing to go there yet. We're not making the postseason. Guys, we're going we're gonna to reinvent you. Will the Red Wings make the postseason? I will say no for now. No, the Red Wings will not make the postseason. Does finishing 10th and making the 10-7 matchup count as the postseason? Yes, and they won't get there. Oh, please. Easily. Just kidding. I don't want to say easily, but I think they can. Can is a different thing. Think about when Cade joins, that's 20 more points, so you're scoring in the hundreds. He's going to produce 20 more points for the team. Only other lingering thoughts. What do you guys think the uh, cool new Pistons jersey is going to be that is not released? Um... Alex's Rumor Mill segment of the week presented by Codes Apparel. Uh, rumor has it it's going to be red again. Um, Ew, boring. Thanks Ew. for running no. that. Yeah. I saw a leaked on uh, social media. Like the actual photo of it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't see it. It's to, disgusting. I need to find that. Then. Um, and then... Will the Red Wings play in the NHL Winter Classic again soon? Um, no. Not anytime soon. Not until we're like playoff relevant and like consistently good. I think they're trying Damn. to get more of a game. So this they don't really care game. about like teams, they care about like location right now. Got it. Um and then the last thing, any any thoughts on Halloween going into it? We can, you know, I, I don't think we're gonna touch on it that much next weekend because we're gonna have a, the biggest game of our lives will be occurring. Spooky season? Evan, what are you wearing? Favorite candy, what are you wearing? I love candy corn. Oh, favorite candy. I am a chocolate snob, so any, like, chocolate candy bar. Um, I did buy candy for myself for Halloween, so I feel good about that. Like what? Yeah, hate me for you want. You, you want. you have nobody to buy it for you, you have to buy it yourself. I bought a pack of candy for the apartment. We finished it all before Halloween, so that backfired, but, uh, yeah. No, I bought two ginormous bags. I have, like, over 120 pieces of candy right now, so I, love I feel that. good. My favorite candy is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. They are the goat. They are undefeated. They will never be matched. Love those. I like Crunch Bars. Ew. And I love candy corn. Yeah, I was alarming. Oh, that was what we should talk about this weekend. That was an alarming... Uh, Discovery made me rethink the podcast as a whole that I was doing it with two psychopaths, serial killers that enjoy candy corn. And uh, Evan, your thesis on people's candy tastes. Yeah. Research is still um, undergoing. We might have a poll question hitting the Twitter and Instagram later yeah. this week. Um, but I believe if you ate candy corn when you were younger, like let's say a kid, and you went over to your grandparents' house and they had it and you enjoyed it when you were a kid, you're more inclined to eat it when you're an adult. As to opposed to somebody first trying it when they're like in their teens, 20s, they're not going to like it. It's like a two-part question. One, do you enjoy candy corn? Yes, no. The second poll, when did you did you eat it when you were a child? Yes or no? And then like you figure it yes. out. That okay. was already debunked. No, it's still ongoing. It's not debunked. Oh, it's still ongoing. Just because one person sample said no, size, doesn't sample mean you debunked it. Sample size. debunked. No, sample size too small. Inconclusive. Absolutely. Inconclusive <laughs> um, right now. Last candy corn question, size. Evan. Are you wearing your Halloween costume to the game, and what will you be wearing? Uh, I will be basically living in my Halloween costume all weekend, starting Friday. Wake up, just be in it, and I think I'm just going to go as is. Which um, is? I am uh, partnering up. I am Goose from Top Gun. Um, RC, um, Rye Guy, is Maverick from Top Gun. Nice. Alex? I want to be uh, Costume and when you're wearing it. 
Not where is the game. And where you'll be for autographs. I will be at the game for the autographs. And Section um, 19, people. Go find them. Yeah, correct. And I will also be partnering up with friend of the program, Drew. And I'll be wearing a Happy Gilmore costume, and he'll be my caddy. Nice. Mine? Don't have it yet. I'm going solo dolo. Not sure what I should do for that. Was thinking Ted Lasso, but... Prices on Amazon are a little expensive, and like I don't know about you guys, but Halloween costumes—it's always like kind of want to do as cheap as possible, just because I'm never gonna wear it again, most likely. And then, as far as East Lansing, I would like to tell people where they can maybe find us, but I don't want to give out any tailgating details because I'd like to that block to, that to be as empty as possible. Uh, so maybe once we're in our lot, we will shoot out a "We are everywhere, we are wherever, we are wherever, <laughs> we are wherever" photo. To let you guys know where we're at, and then if we're out at the bars that night, um, you'll either get an exciting shot or a depressing shot of us at the bars. And so. You'll also get a we are wherever when we're at Ford Field on Sunday. Yep. So maybe come see us there. Before we really close it out, um, any you guys worked up any spin zones for uh, if your team loses this weekend showdown? None. No excuses. Can't lose this game. I have not thought of a spin zone yet. Um, for the rivalry name of this game, it's Hunt for Red October on Devil's Night into the woodshed. There's going to be blood. Wait, that was so fun. That is. Uh, I did, I just. It's Hunt for Red October, but the description for why it's called that, um, it's coming off of Grant's. You know, yeah, bloodshed in the woodshed. There's there, going to be blood. There has to be a Halloween. We'll have to workshop. There's a Halloween name in this game somewhere. We just well, find if it. I'd like to call right. my name. Uh, if Michigan loses, Spooky Dookie <laughs> this is going to be the name of my team. Spooky Dookie. Because <laughs> Michigan took a fat dookie. If one team lays an egg. Yeah, Spooky Dookie. Yeah, that'll be my name. If it's not close. My spin zone, I know you guys are waiting for it. I'm just going to tell myself in the immediate aftermath that this was the best for the vibes of the weekend since I will be with mainly all East Lansing people. I'll be like, oh, well. Oh, no, actually, wait, Evan. You'll love this. I told Alex this. He said you laughed at it. It's great. And I think it plays for you guys, too. Whichever our team loses, guess what? It's Cade Cunningham season. He makes his debut that night. I'm on to Cade. 7 p.m. Who cares about college football? I'm on to NBA basketball. <laughs> no spin zones. Crack. Cade season. Take the loss and deal with it. Oh, but Palm is Cade McNamara as a quarterback, so Cade's going to be a trigger word that night. Take the loss and deal with it. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Um, I'm not plugging our social accounts. You know where to find us. Listen on Apple Pod, Spotify, or YouTube. Rate and review on all platforms. Submit your questions. Yeah, that's it. I do not have anything in my class. I'm not sure you know an empty class on hate week. All right. Uh, then no cheers then this show because it's hate week. See you in uh, the woodshed. Evan has his cheers up though. It's so depressing. Cheers to sports. Cheers to uh, episode 43 and the hunt for Red October. Cheers to great success. Bloodshed in the woodshed.